Welcome again to the Bad Beats and Velcro Clets podcast. My name is Kevin, a.k.a. Marty from Manitoba. We will be joined here momentarily by Sean and uh, Chilelli. I don't know if Caleb is going to be joining us tonight. He's got some work business to take care of. Sometimes that'll happen on the show. Uh, it is Friday, December the 27th, just two days after Christmas. Um on tonight's show, we're going to give you a recap of where we're at in our Super Contest. Uh, remember, we're doing the Westgate Super Contest, where we pick five games each week against the spread. Uh, we're two weeks in. We got into this thing late at the end of the year, but we're going to update the standings, let you know where everybody's at. Um, we might make this week's picks. We've decided as a group on the games that we are going to play. Uh, looks like Chili's here. Chili, what's up? Hey, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you? I'm oh, pretty good. Is my audio okay? I sound all crazy. No, no, you sound good, actually. Awesome. Good deal. Um, waiting on Gordo. Yeah, waiting on Gordo. Um, I'm just kind of running down a little uh, a little intro. Uh, we might wait to, to make this week's Super Contest picks. Uh, we might just update them uh, since Caleb probably can't uh, be with us tonight, or at least for the whole time. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the quarterback landscape in the NFL looking ahead to 2020, uh, which teams need quarterbacks. Um, you know, I think we all agree that there's six or seven teams that do. And then a couple of question marks. We're going to talk a little bit about Joey Votto's place among, uh, some, some major league baseball greats. Uh, there was an article or a tweet, I guess, probably from MLB.com. They made their all decade team. And Joey Votto was uh, voted on by writers or coaches, or I don't know who did it, uh, but as one of the 10 best players of the decade. Uh, we're going to talk the Cincinnati Reds rotation and a couple of predictions for the season. And I need to explain uh, why I stand so hard for two off-maligned Bengals players, Andy Dalton and Vontez Perfect. Uh, so we're going to get into all of that um, tonight. Caleb already knows those stories, so I'll, I'll enlighten uh, however many listeners end up joining us, and I'll enlighten Chili also. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sean is trying to get in right now. He's having some technical difficulties, um, so I'm trying to send him some info so he can join the show. Um, so how much? Uh, how much longer are you on Christmas break there, Chili? Um, I go back January. Well, we start January 6th, but I'll probably go back to Virginia. Probably January 5th. Okay. So, unfortunately, because uh, everyone's going to Las Vegas the 6th, and I can't go. So, Ooh, you know. what's everybody going to Vegas for? <laughs> uh, I think Caleb's just going, this is going for his weekly or bi-weekly visit, so. Ah, got uh, it. That, uh, yeah. That, that makes sense. That guy spends more time in Vegas than some uh, musical acts that have a, a permanent residency there. It's that's kind of incredible. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I actually haven't been in a long time. Uh, I think last time I went was probably I'm trying to think, probably March, April, somewhere in that ballpark. No, uh, you were there. You were there in July. We all went in July. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. the last time I was there. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's the last time I was there. Also, that's uh, we hope to be changing that uh, very very soon. Though I know at least. Uh, at least some of us in the group um, want yeah. to uh, 
want to change that. Um, Sean is still having some technical difficulties. I'm going to resend him the email. Will you send him an update? Send him, text him and let him know that I'm sending him another email right now. Okay. Um, I'm surprised all my technical difficulties worked out. I finally got the new iPhone. Oh, you got the you got the eleven. I did get the eleven. I like it a lot. Did um, you go eleven Pro or eleven no, Pro? I didn't do the Pro, and here's why: like I don't finance cell phones because it's just an extra bill. I would rather just pay outright. Yeah. And the eleven was seven fifty. Yeah. And the Pro Max was twelve hundred. Yeah. So I decided to go with the 11 because after looking at the specs and everything, it's like an hour less battery life, but the, the battery is still incredible. Yeah. And it's only waterproof at three meters instead of 10 meters, which I'm like, yeah, I'm really planning on going swimming with my cell phone. So, yeah, I, you yeah. know, the, the waterproof cell phone, like I get it, it's for spills and all that. But when they talk about waterproof to a depth of 10 meters, mm-hmm. most people aren't waterproof to a depth of 10 meters. It can really cause some, yeah. some pressure problems. May cause death. Yes. It, yeah, it um, can. It, and I know a lot can, of people uh, take their phone in the shower so they can sing in the shower, but I'm fancy. I actually have Bluetooth speakers that are waterproof yeah. in my shower. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, you know. I mean, I thought we kind of overcame the, uh, the need for the, the need for the phone in the, uh, in the bathroom, uh, a while ago. Um, Sean is still having some technical difficulties. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell him to turn his phone off and then turn it back on. Yeah, I wonder if he can even hear us if he's listening uh, in the podcast right now. That's funny. As soon as I said turn your phone off and turn it back on, he said I'm going to restart my phone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's perfect. Have you tried turning it off and turning it back yes. on? Yes. <laughs> Don't hate your router. Um, <laughs> well, I guess you and I can have a little – we can have a quick conversation about um, – we can update the super contest. Uh, you had a really, really, really good week for jumping for I after did. missing week one and having to pick nine games. Uh, you went six and three in those nine. Pretty good, yeah. I mean, I know uh, uh, I didn't do so well gambling, but yeah, I mean, my picks overall weren't bad. I mean, I'm actually in another league where we pick every game. Yeah, and uh, it brought I did so well that it brought me back to the 500 mark for the season. So going, going, f- do you guys pick them against the spread too? No, we don't do against the spread. We just do regular, like who's going to win the game, which is okay. a lot easier that way. But I don't know. Cause the I spread, used to do, I don't know. it's, it's kind of weird this time of year. You know, I used to run a couple of league week 17 is really, really tough. It's a total crapshoot. Mm-hmm. I used to run a couple of, uh, I, I ran a, a pick them contest where we did confidence points. Have you ever done one of those? I've heard about them. I don't think I've ever been in one though. It's it's really fun. So, um, you know, the first three or four weeks of the season, there's 16 games, and the last couple of weeks of the season, there's 16 games. But however many games there are on the NFL schedule for a particular weekend, you pick every game, not against the spread. You just try to pick an outright winner, and you assign a point value one through 16 if every team plays, where. You'd put your 16 points on the team you are most confident is going to win the game. Okay. And uh, you can only assign the point value one time. So each point value, one through 16. And then you do them either in, you know, you pick a 16 point or a 15 point or 14, uh, so on and so forth, all the way down to one. And then 
um, each week, uh, the way I've done them, I've done them where there's a weekly winner and I would do something like five or $10 a week for the people that wanted to get in. Um, and there would be a weekly winner. And then we kept a running total for just the most overall points scored for the full season. And then that person would, uh, you know, would end up winning whatever prize pool or pot there was at the end of the season. Um, let's see. Sean, yeah, it says, okay, so when I initially logged on, I had to, it wouldn't let me do it either. I was doing the same thing it's showing on his. I had to log out of the uh, of the app and log back in, and then it worked. So I just told him to try to do that because he said he turned his phone off and turned it back on. So Yeah, we might, we might have to, uh, we might have to relaunch this thing. Okay. Um, yeah, hopefully he's doing that right now because... I feel like that's the best uh, way to do it because I think if you just keep your app logged in for so long and it screws up, kind yeah, of. Yeah, eventually, so. eventually it times out, and I don't have any um, any familiarity with uh, the app because I have to do mine from the actual from the actual laptop the site yeah. um, to be able to that's launch fair. the live cast. But hey, hey, hey. Hey. Gordon. Hey, there is. Did it work? I'm assuming you just log out, log back in. Christmas. How long? No, Christmas was two days ago. What a joke! No wonder you were late, man. You still think it's Christmas? <sighs> yeah. So did you log out? Log back in. Shout out to the Pod Podbean app for uh, making <laughs> making things real streamlined and easy. Hey, you know, <laughs> once we once we monetize this thing and we can get some big corporate sponsors. Uh, you know, we'll get some better equipment, which reminds me, we have uh, renewed our contract with the headquarters basement bar for uh, however long we want to do the show. Yeah, it's an open-ended contract. It's, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Um, we have we have great, 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 great um, chili dip here at the headquarters basement bar. Uh, you can order whatever food you want and bring it in. That, that's that's kind of the new. That's a hipster thing, but that's how we do it here. Oh, Byos, uh, then. okay. It is, yeah. So uh, shout out to Headquarters Basement Bar for being such generous hosts yet again. Anyway, Sean, I don't know if you could even hear the intro, uh, but you know all nope. about it. We talked about it today at work. Um, just a quick recap of where we're at in the uh, Super Contest standings right now. Uh, me and Sean, so Kevin and Sean are both at seven and three through two weeks, which is strong. Uh, <coughs> Chili actually hopped over Caleb uh, with a six and four performance last week in uh, Ooh, in ten games, yeah. which is really Very really bold. strong. Very bold. Um, and then right. Caleb is uh, Caleb's five and five, which he's not out of it by any stretch, because um, you know any one of us can go zero and five at any point in time in this thing. Oh yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And let uh, let the others right back in. Isn't that right, Chili? No, yeah, it's exactly true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, I, had a, I had a little lucky streak this week, you know. I mean, like, a lot of the games, like the Packers really saved me. I don't know why people thought that, you know, the, they were going to lose. I was like, I don't know. They look pretty good. But are they a Super Bowl team? That's to be determined as well. So I mean, and weren't they getting points? Weren't they getting points? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were getting, yeah. I think they were getting three, three and a half maybe. I, like I thought we had it at four, four and a half. I yeah, we yeah, had it at yeah. four and a half. Yeah, I think, it moved I, I think by the time the game started, it went down. I just – pretty much you tell me if Aaron Rodgers is getting points in any game, and I'll probably take him in the points. Yes, absolutely. That so. guy 
is uh, is something special. I, I don't know if he's the best quarterback of all time, but for my money, he's the yeah. best thrower of the football of all time. That's pretty good. He's uh, pretty incredible. He's, he's yeah, definitely the best quarterback that was born the exact same day as me. I can I can say really? that with a certainty. I can say that with That's a certainty. That's yeah. You know, I I never saw you play quarterback, but I would imagine that you're probably not as good as him. And I feel um, like the whole Danica Danica Patrick's made him a better quarterback because you look at him before he was with Danica Patrick, and you look at him now, he's like a different guy. He's like his old self again. So I, I don't know. Did you guys hear? I read this tweet yesterday. Uh, he and Danica Patrick uh, bought a mansion in Malibu for twenty eight million dollars to pay cash for it. Sure. Okay. Um, as as one does. As one does. Okay. Right. And with that same amount of money, had he decided to buy homes in the Green Bay area, with an average home price of like one hundred and forty one thousand dollars, he could have bought something like one hundred and forty six homes in Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did. Or basically he did. the entire town in Green Bay, right? Yeah. He so. he didn't do that. He decided instead to buy the house in Malibu with. Uh, Arguably the hottest race car driver of all time. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's been overtaken by uh, Brian Deegan's daughter, Haley Deegan. She's probably the hottest race car driver of all time. I would mm-hmm. put my money on her. Okay, She's, uh, I, I got the beard in NASCAR races. I, I actually did. Are. I did see. I know who. I know who she is. I saw some stuff okay. on her the other day. Saw she signed with Ford. Yeah, she uh, did. Yep, yep. yep. I, saw, well, I saw it. I saw well, it. That's I the to, end. I got to the end of her racing NASCAR. career. I, I got to meet her in a NASCAR race this year, and I was like, "No, oh, I said she signed with to... four, not went into turn four. There's a oh, difference." Gosh. Yeah, she she doesn't wreck nearly as much as Danica Patrick, so I think she's got a good shot of being uh, having a good career. But she's still in the lower circuits right now, and it, she, I know nobody's yeah. probably in the NASCAR. I'm a I am a NASCAR expert, so anybody know you know anybody else talk about NASCAR? Send your questions my way because uh, yes, follow please. pretty closely. Please direct all of your questions in the uh, live podcast about NASCAR, really, um, because the last time we were in Vegas, he spent a lot of time betting on NASCAR races, also, which is something that yeah, yeah. I mean, the odds um, are pretty crazy, right? Like it's uh, forty or I think it's thirty or forty-one drivers. So you know, you take a long shot. You never know. You never know what might happen on the oval. So. I can't believe that Chilelli would do something like take a long shot since he put. You these... know, I I never thought about it until the way Chili was just wording it. But based on his other gambling addiction, NASCAR. I've never thought about it like this. NASCAR is two hundred mile an hour plus roulette. That's yes, all it, it is. is. I've that's never exactly thought about it before. No, that's <laughs> perfect. You just have a ton of little balls going around the track, yeah. and yeah. you just figure out which number lands at the end. Jesus Christ. So, Chilelli, do you – who is I trying to last, call us? I don't know. I knew last year I went to the oh, Indianapolis – I went to the Indianapolis 500 last year, and I actually won – I think I won $50 on my driver that I picked for the Indy 500. But the same day of the Indy 500 is the Coca-Cola 600, which is like one of the biggest NASCAR races of the year in uh, Charlotte. And I picked a guy that was plus one hundred thousand. Jesus. So I think I think I bet fifty cents to win five grand on this driver. Um, his, his name was uh, David Reagan. He actually just retired, but he was like always your middle of the road, back of the pack guy. 
but he's won at Charlotte before. I was like, anybody that's won there before has a better chance of winning again. So I've been 50 cents on the guy, and uh, he was in first place with three laps to go. I called Caleb, and I was like nervously like, oh, my gosh, I might win $5,000. And then Caleb's like, oh, the restart. Oh, yeah, now he's in 15th. Oh, okay, that's great. Man. That was uh, – that was a heart rate. Oh, let me tell you, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I don't think, I think it's the first time Caleb's probably watched NASCAR before. But uh, um, it, would, it, would, it would actually surprise me because Caleb might be the biggest degenerate out of the whole group, which, welcome to the show, Caleb. Thanks, guys. Thanks. How you doing, uh, buddy? Doing AT&T things. Can you guys hear me? Uh, yeah, we got you. A little better. Okay. Yeah, some more echoey, but I can yeah, we got some echoey things going on here. Yeah, that's because I don't have a for that. Yep, and for that I apologize. Well, that's all right. We are uh, we're we're glad you're here. We're glad you could join us. Yep. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, people don't know how to back up their iPhones. Oh, you are not telling. Uh, you're not telling us anything we didn't already know. Um, so we have seventy-two month financing. <laughs> yeah. We we haven't really gotten into much of the, the meat of the show, or at least in the about section of the show. I will I'll update you, Caleb, because we haven't actually put it even in the group chat. Uh, the Super Contest standings as of right now, Sean and myself are both 7-3. and three. Uh, Chili's 6-4, and four, and you're 5-5 five and five right now. With uh, this week, plus we're going to do all of the playoffs. So you need a, you need a little run here in week, uh, in week 17. But it's very close. Only two games separate you from the current leaders. Um, Any sort of tiebreakers? Um, it will come up with something. We got until the Super Bowl, so we still got like a whole month or I got a, I got a six weeks or something like that I got, I got to, to figure out what we're going to do and how much we're going to end up increasing the pot because I feel like that's going to happen. How How's Chili 6-4 and four if he only picked nine games? Because we gave him an automatic L in a 10th yeah. game. In the first week, yeah. He's really six and three. So how's yeah. this? Okay. Yeah, because be okay. Remember, I only got yeah, to pick four extra games. He only got to pick five. four extra games instead of five. Yeah. Right. That's on. So out of the nine, he picked six correct. I just correct. want to make sure. Okay. Yes, he did. He did pick six correct. And at the at the end of the thing, it's it's whoever has the most overall wins. So I guess right. the losses. Don't That's really why it threw me off that his total equaled nine or yeah. equaled ten yeah. because I knew there was only nine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I got a a list here uh, that I wrote down of every team in the NFL. Uh, I broke it down by division. I got check marks next to the teams that I think are going to be in the market for a quarterback, question marks by the teams that I think might be, and then the teams that are all set, uh, I got nothing next to them. So let's just run through division by division and get everybody's opinion on whether or not we think – they need a quarterback going into next season. Uh, if we get to a team that does need a quarterback, we'll spend a little bit of time discussing uh, potential options, if that makes sense to everybody. Okay. All right. And the NFC West, uh, the NFC West is Seattle, San Francisco, the L.A. Rams, and the Cardinals. There, I don't think there's a team there that is in need of a quarterback next year. I don't believe I'd so. Say they're pretty yeah. set for something happens- next year and the next couple after that. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all set. Um, Russell probably retired two or three years, I would say. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's having the best year of his career. But he's probably <laughs> going to hang up the spikes in, in a year or two. 
Hang up his yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think most of us disagree with the Russell Wilson's going to retire soon argument, but we know that they're set for a couple of years. We call that the um, luck. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. the NFC East, Philly, Ooh. Dallas, Washington, and the Giants. I actually don't Ooh. think any of those teams are going to be in the market for a quarterback. Washington, maybe. Washington is always in the market for a quarterback. That's, That's because true. Dan Washington. Snyder is always the owner. I can see yeah, Washington but, uh, taking on a veteran QB that could either compete for the job or back up Haskins if he loses the job. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I would say similar to like a Tannehill type deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. What happened with Mariota? Um, maybe a Teddy Bridgewater. Except Tannehill took his job straight hand that rocks the cradle style. Right. I said what it was so to happen. that's that's a that's a good segue because the next division I have is the South. Um, New Orleans and the NFC South. New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Carolina. New Ooh. Orleans. New Orleans is at an interesting little crossroads. Drew Brees can't play forever, and Teddy Bridgewater is the best backup quarterback in football, right? We all agree with that? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Other than Nick Foles, of course. But yeah. Oh, yes. So, I think, yeah. my opinion, New Orleans is probably going to try to work out a deal for Teddy. I would say so, yeah. Um, or Kaysen, or Kaysen Hill, he's, I mean, you know, he could be a good quarterback as well. I just so. – as much gimmicky stuff as they do with him. Yeah, I feel like I that's all they, he's good for is gimmicky. Yeah. Like he couldn't actually start. Yeah, I don't think they have it in their plans anywhere for him to end up starting and playing quarterback for a full game. Yeah, um, yeah probably. I, I think Tampa Bay is going to need a quarterback. Jameis Winston, uh, Sean talked about it today, is looking for 30 mil a year. 30 million. That's a lot. <laughs> It's a whole lot. That's so much money for a guy that turns the ball over as often as he does. For any NFL team that might be listening, I can throw interceptions for half that amount of money. I can do it for I can do it for one fifth. Yeah, Um, and I do think the I don't know I think the most questionable the team that that needs a quarterback the most in that division is the Panthers because for sure I think that I think Cam Newton's career is over. Pretty sure. I mean, I agree. But, I mean, he might go to another team and be successful. I don't know about that. But I think his career in Carolina is over. And I don't think Kyle Allen or whatever is – what's his name? Is it Kyle Allen? It is It is Kyle Allen. Um, yeah, I, I don't have, think he's there forever. I have a check mark next to Carolina. But uh, Carolina, I think Will Greer started this past week, and I think he's going to start yeah. this coming week also. Um, yeah. Will Will Greer was pretty pretty ballyhooed coming out of coming out of college. A lot of people were really really high on that kid. So yeah, I think yeah. I think he's going to get a look. Yeah, I, mean, I still think the Carolina will be in the market to sign a veteran, probably or draft a quarterback. I mean, yeah, I think they're more in the sign a veteran camp than draft a quarterback camp. Um, yeah, because they think they have bigger needs in the draft. They probably you know. They have sort of they need a O line and yeah safe they probably need a safety I'd say yeah I just don't see Greer as the as the alter or as the uh, long term solution there no. I mean out of college he was considered a, a good pro prospect but I mean in college he didn't really do anything I mean, yeah, but, I mean he, he went for West Virginia so it's like you know there's not I mean, a whole lot of high West expectations West for W supposed to be doing a lot. 
Like, yeah. he should have bought stupid numbers. And he well, did. he had a couple of big games in those big shootout, typical Big 12 games, like against right. Oklahoma and, without and stuff. Stats, without those stats, he was absolute garbage. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. I think I agree with that, but I I still I feel like they're in the veteran camp because they could look into the future and say, hey, look, Trevor Lawrence is coming, and we might be bad enough next year to where we have a shot at him. So I, I think yeah, that veteran, might happen. I think a veteran QB, the team, the Falcons, Matt Ryan is not getting younger. No, but he's still good. I mean. But how it's good pretty, is he? I mean, they I don't have, know if you can say healthy. They have the best wide receiver core. Well, had and they got rid of Mosinu, but they had the best wide receiver core bar none in the league, and one of the most explosive on paper offenses that you could possibly come up with. And yeah. they started the year one and seven or one and eight or whatever it was. They've been hot recently, though. So I don't know. I just I think Matt Ryan's probably get, there's a guy that I think has two or three years left. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't know if they make a move yet to try to get something in place. Uh, what do you think about Jameis Winston? Though I feel like he's garbage. I don't know. I don't think I wouldn't want Jameis Winston for long term. Thirty million. Jameis is crazy. I I don't know what ends up happening with Jameis. Um, oh yeah, I don't either. Does Does he end up taking a hometown discount and staying in Tampa, even though they know they're going to be looking for somebody? I think Tampa could be really bad next year too. And you got to worry about him stealing crab legs from the buffet. So that's I true. Know. I think his I think his uh, his future job is actually at the Publix where he stole the crab legs. Yep. I think he's going to work Maybe. the seafood counter. Speaking of crab um, legs, NFC NFC North. Um, we know Green Bay is not doing anything. Minnesota, how much time's left on Cousins' deal? One more year? I think it might be longer than that. I'm not sure. Well, he signed a three-year deal, $84 million, with 100% of it guaranteed. And I think this is year two of that contract. Okay. So I think next year's his last year. So they're not doing anything. Yeah, uh, they're going to resign him, I feel like, probably. Even what he about cannot win on Monday night? You can't win on Monday no, night. No, he can't. Oh, and nine or something like that. Now, it's real um, bad. Yeah, the Bengals in the postseason. Chicago. Is it a foregone conclusion that Chicago is going to move on from Mitchell Trubisky? Ooh, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, but I mean, he sucks. But it's not because that's another team that has. I mean, statistically, they have the best defense in the NFL on paper, but their offense is so shaky. They yeah, just can't get out of their own way. Like, there's they, nothing yeah. about – with even with Tariq Cohen and uh, – who's the other cat? The other little running back guy. Um, oh, what is his name? Drawing a blank. Not a Bears fan, so David forgive me. Manga. But their offense should be a lot better. But I just – I don't feel like Matt Nagy trusts Trubisky even a little bit. Yeah. It's David Are you Montgomery. About David Montgomery. That's, That's it. it. David Montgomery. That's, That's it. it. Yep. Um, I think they should draft a kicker in the first round. <laughs> so, I mean, because cool. their kicking situation is the worst. Yeah. So, Did you guys been. know, talking about kickers real quick, not to get too far off topic, there is one team in the NFL that has a kicking coach. Can anybody name that team? Ooh, New England, maybe? Nope. Uh, no who's the best the kicker? In, who, who's the best kicker in the NFL? Adam Benzer, by far. No, Justin Tucker. It is Justin Tucker, and the Baltimore Ravens are the only team that has a kicking coach. Yeah, surprise. Yep, there's a fun little stat. You can win a bar bet with that one. Um, yeah, does anybody one. think that Matt Stafford 
is, I mean, he's definitely closer to the end than he is to the beginning. Is Detroit in the market for a vet, maybe? Mm. Maybe for maybe. Uh, what if what if Detroit and uh, L.A. make a little swap and do a little Philip Rivers for Matthew Stafford? They can uh, they can have a little a little a little swaparoo. I I could actually I could actually see that happening. Both uh, teams want to move on. Both players want to move on, and they're yep. both plug and play right into each other's offenses. So they are. They are. That's actually a really 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 good point. I, that's that's good. I'm gonna put a little I'm gonna put a little star next to Detroit there because I like that idea. Um, let's hop over to the AFC. In the AFC West, I actually have the Chargers as a team with a check mark needing a quarterback, and Kansas City and Oakland don't. Even though I don't think Derek Carr is a, a I think Derek Carr is an Andy Dalton type. I think he's say, he's fine. Yeah. He's a middle of the road quarterback. He's not gonna. Derek Carr is young. He's not gonna win the games. I could see Oakland wanting to make a splash with a new stadium and taking if mm. Herbert from or Tua fall to them, I could see them making a big play on those. And God help me, if Tua goes to the Steelers or the Patriots, I'm freaking God I Tua's going to the Patriots. Just just so everybody and actually to be I honest, wouldn't be so upset because he's already half broken. So it's yeah. not gonna Very take cool. much in the NFL. Um, but Drew Locke is Drew Locke is a lock in, in Denver, in my opinion. I think he's going to be. A I really have good I have Denver with a I have Denver with a check mark, and it might not be because they need a starter right away. But Joe Flacco, talk about a quarterback that's broken all the way. That guy is mm. all the way broken. Oh, he's um, dead. Yeah, he's and they can't they can't go into next year with the question mark around Drew Locke that there is. And not have anything else. So I think they're in the market. I don't know. I feel like though. I don't know. I think Drew Locke's definitely the quarterback of the future. There. I mean, he's looked pretty good. Like he's, you know, he's been, he's been pretty good. But they got other needs. So I don't think that they're going to go after another quarterback. The biggest reason. The biggest reason why I don't think Drew Locke is the long-term answer is because of the general manager there. Oh yeah, he's not a good general manager. They're all John Elway is always looking for the next John Elway, and as right. long as he thinks that that person isn't Drew Locke, he's going to keep trying to improve the position. I think the only um, other thing John Elway is always looking for is some hay to eat because he looks like a horse. Has there ever been a player in the history of sports to look more like the mascot? Than that? <laughs> I think so. I think. Uh, the only one I will give is uh, maybe a little Marty Brodeur with the with the New Jersey Devil. Uh, uh, maybe. That's, right. that's, right. that's a good one. That's a good one. That is, that is, that is a good one. looked a lot like shit this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Oh, man. We teed it up and Caleb Touché. hit it out of the park. That's good. Touché. Um, AFC East, the Patriots, they got to do something. Kind of like the Saints, Brady's not going to play forever. I don't think their next quarterback is currently on the roster. We all think we all know that the NFL's rigged and Tua's going to fall to him somehow. So I guess right, we'll, right. We'll do I don't that. think their next quarterback's in this draft either. Probably not. Look at Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence will break his leg, or he'll be a hashtag Tommy John survivor, and they'll draft him like at the thirty-second pick after they win another Super Bowl. So he's going to the Texans, hashtag Tommy, Tommy John Survivor? Yeah, hashtag Tommy John Survivor. Um, 
So I, I have a check mark next to Miami. Everybody knows that Miami's going to need a quarterback. They got 46 picks in the first round next year, so uh, they can get whoever they want outside of Joe Burrow. Um, anybody think that the Jets might look to move on from Sam Darnold? I do not think so. I think uh, Sam Darnold's there for a while. First round picks. What's that? Basically, I said all these executives taking these high first round quarterbacks. Like, if they're going to go, the executive that drafted them, the person in charge, is almost going to have to go too. No, right. That's him falling on a sword. Yeah. Say that again. They gotta um, fall on their sword if they're gonna trade that, that high draft pick, like you said. When you're moving on from a quarterback, that and I mean that with Trubisky, I mean that with if they if Drew Locke goes, I mean he was a high round pick as well too. Yeah, Those it's it's just if you move on, people have to lose their jobs in order for that to happen, and that's yeah. Chicago, yeah. that's um, Chicago, Denver, and the one that we were just talking about, the Jets. Yeah, the Jets. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I, they've already said that Adam Gase is safe next year. Uh, in uh, with with the Jets. Um, I, I don't I don't know if I see him there much longer than that. Uh, hop into the AFC South. Jacksonville, no way. Gardner Minshew's the answer, right? No. And Nick Foles is back. I mean, I know he got hurt in week one or week two or whatever it was, but when he came back, he looked like hot garbage. Do they let him just fully recover and start the year next year with him as the starter and see where it goes? Probably, but I could also see them taking a chance if the right guy falls to them. Like a Jordan Love or a Jacob Eason or one of those guys, I think. Yeah, I could see them taking a chance on a Jordan Love. I'd hate to see them take it on Eason. I think Eason's hot garbage as well, too. But Yeah. I could see him taking it on Jordan Love. I could not see I could not see the Broncos taking it on Jordan Love. Jordan Love reminds me a lot like a lot of Drew Locke. And I would yeah. really hate to go that route. Yeah. Um Tennessee. Uh, it's I'm of the opinion that Tennessee offers Tannehill because they've looked like one of the best teams in football with Tannehill at the helm. And I think – I don't know how much time's left on Mariota's deal. If there is time left, I think they try to trade him. If not, I don't I don't even know if they make him an offer. I think Mariota's probably job hunting unless they trade him. I agree with that. Did I – did we just flat out lose everybody? Are we having no, a I'm here. debate? No, I'm here. Okay, all right. I couldn't hear you for a minute. I'm just uh, I'm echoing, so I I mute myself when I'm not talking. No, that's okay. That's that's all right. Um, I I think I think Tennessee offers Tannehill, and I and I don't think they do anything with Mariota again. I don't know how much time is left on his deal. I'd have to look it up to see if he's tradable or not. But um, do we all agree that Jacoby Brissett is not the answer in Indy? Sorry about that. Uh. I mean, he's definitely not a long-term answer, but, I mean, they're definitely in a rebuilding time there. It's not like they're trying to compete for a Super Bowl yeah. next year um, or anything. You might see him as not the answer, but I don't think that Indianapolis sees him as not the answer. I mean, they, gave, they extended him. They gave him that big raise before the season after Andrew Luck decided he was going to quit. I don't see him as the answer. Does... Does anybody think, t- talking about Indy, does anybody think that there's even a little chance that Andrew Luck plays in the NFL again? No. 
I think I think Andrew Luck plays football again, but not in the NFL. His dad is the commissioner of the XFL. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think he'll go there. That's a weird cat. Uh, he is a strange cat, uh, and one of my favorite Twitter accounts is General Andrew Luck, and I'm really sad that there's no activity there anymore. Yeah. Um, because uh, because he decided to to phone it in. Uh, all right, last division to talk about is our division. That's the AFC North. Um, Baltimore and Cleveland aren't looking quarterback. Baltimore's got the, the best one in the world at the moment. Cleveland's got uh, Caleb's favorite football player, Baker Mayfield, at the helm. And Pittsburgh is probably in the market. I, I think they saw enough from Mason Rudolph. You think they're going to go duck hunting? Uh, and I think they saw enough from Duck Hodges to know that they need somebody else. I think Roethlisberger comes back and plays next year. I don't know how good or effective he'll be, but I, I think I think Pittsburgh's looking for the heir apparent there. Yeah. Um, and we all know that uh, the Bungle for Burrow campaign of 2019 paid off, and Joe's coming home next year. So the Bengals are going to be all set for the next 10 years. Minimum. Minimum. I agree. I like it a lot. Okay, so uh, we talked about... We talked about the quarterbacks. I think uh, I think we're all on the same page. Veteran quarterbacks that we think are going to be on the move. Uh, Jameis Winston, we agree. Cam Newton, we probably agree. I think Andy Dalton is on the move. I think Mariota is probably on the move. Um, so that's four tried and true NFL starters that can manage a game and that can do some things that keep you in contention that I think are going to land at one of these seven or eight teams. Uh, and that leaves, you know, three, four, five teams looking for a quarterback in the first round of the draft. Are there, are there four first-round talent quarterbacks coming out this year? I know, I know that teams always reach – for quarterbacks, as they should, it's the most important position in any sport. Um, so the four first-round talents that I think there are, Burrow, obviously. Um, if Tua comes out, he's a first-rounder. Herbert from Oregon is probably a first-rounder. Um, I can't think of uh, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. And I think you guys either all oh, from probably have well. the mute button on right now, or somebody's just got a real crummy connection. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, uh, I said from. Oh yeah, from. They'll, they'll probably reach for him into the first round. I think. Sean, you keep cutting in and out. I don't know. Well, I'm muting the mic. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so there was moving on out of the NFL for a minute over to Major League Baseball and particularly Joey Votto. Um, the MLB All-Decade team was announced, and I don't know who voted on it or decided on it, or I don't even know what the right phrase is, it, whether it was executives or coaches or just baseball writers. We know how the Baseball Writers Association is like the holy grail when it comes to all things baseball um, uh, accolades wise. Uh, but Joey Votto was ranked as the, um, as a member of the all decade team, one of the 10 best players of the decade. Uh, Ken Rosenthal had him as the second best player overall of the decade behind Mike Trout. 
And I've read a lot of stuff on Twitter, uh, some opinions that people have that think that's just so such a reach to have Votto held in such a high regard. Um, and I can't wrap my head around the people that think it's a problem that he's that he's respected so highly by baseball people. Nobody in this group has a problem with with Votto potentially being on the All Decade team. I wouldn't imagine. Nope, not one bit. No, I, I would have moved him down one and maybe put Jeter above him. But other than that, <laughs> I think we're all set. When did Jeter retire? Jeter only played half the decade. <laughs> Shut up. That's the only reason he would be two and not one. <laughs> if, as far two. as the number one most overrated player that played this decade, you are correct. Mm, number two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> number two. Be, Hi, number two. Guess, hey, number two. Guess who's going to be sleeping at uh, OYO mm-hmm. with that attitude? <laughs> that's hey, not how you spell Rio. <laughs> that's not how you spell Aria at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Joey Votto, I read a stat earlier today, and I've been trying to find it ever since uh, I got home so I could share it again. And I'm going to do most of this from memory. Um, Joey so Votto. made up. No, it's not. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. Joey Votto does something like ranks second in – he's first in on-base percentage by like a landslide. Uh, oh, it's not he, even close. Yeah, he is uh, like second in uh, weighted runs created plus. Oh, here we go. He led all batters in the decade in runs created and on-base percentage, ranked third in war, won an MVP – Matched Miguel Cabrera in weighted runs created plus while being a much better fielder. I, I think so many like old school baseball fans, and that's the biggest problem baseball has is too many other fans are boomers. Um, and don't they just look at batting average and RBI and home runs as the be all stats? And I got to tell you, there's baseball executives right now that the back of the baseball card would look completely different if they had their way. Their war would be on there. Uh, OPS is a stat that they care about much, much more than batting average. Um, uh, weighted runs created plus is a stat that I don't understand all the way, uh, but I know that it's one of the things that the Moneyball type guys really take a look at. Um, I think it's fair to say that when Joey Votto decides to hang it up, he'll go down as the most underrated underappreciated red by Reds fans in my lifetime. Hands down. I mean, and really, it's just baseball in general. He's he's the most underappreciated, underrated baseball player of definitely <laughs> our generation since we've been alive. Yeah. That, he, the type of career that that guy has, like, people don't value – walks in baseball and you listen right. to the so guy many... doesn't strike out no. like he doesn't strike out he has like the greatest eye there is like it's it's just one of those things that when he if, if he doesn't swing and it's it's called a strike it, you know he'll give that look back like like you know that like i, I would have swung if it was yeah and was i feel him. like he makes umps second guess themselves right. more than any player in sports history 100 percent agree with that as it should because the guy just has that eye he he yeah. knows he knows the strike zone better than the umpires. Um, I, read I read a stat. A stat. John and I wow, talked about crazy. it. <laughs> Did you say the same thing? Exactly at the exact yeah. same time. Yeah, I that was good. God, it sounded so much like me. I thought it was an echo. Yeah, no, it was good. 
Almost right. was. Um, you well, go first. I'm going to go first now. Um, so I read a stat that Joey Votto, until this last year, and he did it once this year, had never popped out to the right side of the infield. Correct. In his career. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's wild. That's so wild. That's, uh, that's insane. I did it four times in slow pitch softball this yeah. year. <laughs> that's, you know, the kind of bat control that takes? Like, not not leaving out an eye and plate discipline and all these things, but if you start a swing and know that you're just trying to fight one off, but in order to not pop the ball up to the right side of the infield as a left-handed batter, what you have to do with your hands and your wrists in milliseconds to prevent that from happening? He he's so good. It's all that syrup. It's it's because he's a he's a he's a Moosen brother is what he is. He's a northern border. I read a stat. Sean and I talked about it today, and I hate this guy that I'm going to talk about, but Barry Bonds. In Barry Bonds' 04 season, his OPS was 1422, so 1.422, and which is crazy high. And the reason why I realized it was crazy high was that if there were a player that every single game for a full season went two for five with a home run, that player's OPS wouldn't be 1.422. With That'd be a pretty good season. With 162 <laughs> home runs, a batting average of 400. <laughs> and he would have a lower on ba- or a, a lower OPS, OPS than the Barry Bonds, Bonds had. Now, if the same player went two for four every game with a home run and a walk, as well as another hit, then that would blow out the 1.422 OPS that Bonds had. In right, those walks are huge. They are. And, like, Votto always says this, and guys like Marty Brennan, I love Marty Brenneman, but Marty Brenneman could not possibly be more wrong with his assessment of Joey Votto. The, the object of the game of baseball is to not make an out. Right? We agree with that? Yeah. And is a yeah. walk an out? If you don't make it out long enough, you score a run. That's that's the way this works. Walks yeah. will haunt, man. Walks, Walks will, will haunt. haunt. Get those ghosts up on the board. Get them. We've all seen them. We all know about them. Um, Chilelli wanted to talk a little bit about the Reds' rotation. He has since picked up an Uber passenger and either um, has delivered been them. murdered or has murdered. Yes. So one of the two. That's delivered the them to Uber. their destination or delivered them to his destination. <laughs> don't know which. Um, so the Reds rotation, I guess they're going to go into the year with Castillo, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, Anthony DiSclafani, and Wade Miley as the five. Uh, do you think that's what they're going to do, Caleb? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the obvious top of the line is Sonny Gray and Castillo. Um, I mean, they, the fact that they signed Miley, I mean, it, it's not a foregone conclusion that he's going there, but... I mean, he is, should be the five arm. Is is Miley better than he's a better starter than Sal Romano, right? Yeah. Okay, because I think Sal Romano is the only other guy that that might get a look into uh, into the potential rotation. So much of so much of this red season is going to hinge on the health of the starters' arms, as it does a lot of teams. Um, but this team, if they get if they can get 
whatever, 170 innings out of all five of their guys that are slated to be in the rotation right now, I think the year is going to be a pretty successful year because you got you got three 200 inning guys in Castillo, Gray, and Bauer. If you can get 170 from your four and your five starter, um, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, set up to be an okay year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, I think the top three are are really solid. I mean, I, I'd be very happy with what they can do. Um, I mean, we just need Castillo to perform. I mean, he really fell off towards the end of the year. I mean, I don't think the Reds are done making moves. I really, truly don't. I agree. With um, you. I don't think they're set as Freddie Galvis a shortstop, and. Are they? I don't. So they were. They were rumored to be talking with Francisco Lindor. Um, if they can make a move for Lindor, do they put Lindor in center and move Senzel back to his natural position? Well, if they're getting Lindor, the oh hey, Charlie's there. But if they're, if they're getting Lindor, they have to give up Senzel. Senzel yeah. has to be in the trade piece that goes away. No one's no one's giving up Lindor without Senzel. And it's that is not, not worth it. Not worth it at all. So I disagree. I I'd, I'd rather disagree. I'd rather have Lindor than Senzel. Senzel's still an unproven commodity, and he well, might. Senzel's an unproven. He's, he's pretty good. You know, you know what you have with Lindor. Lindor you is do. a six and a half WAR player. Yeah, six and a half. And that's, he's a whatever. He's a Gold Glove winner. He's a whatever. How many times has he been an All Star? Three, four, five, something like that. Enough every year. Yeah. Yeah. He's good, but long term I think Senzel's way better. Way better option. I mean he's a he's a cheaper option, but there's no salary cap in baseball, so the money doesn't even matter. I mean it matters because the Reds are a small market team, but the vertigo thing is a little sketchy, but I don't know. I mean, isn't that something you grow out of or is that like a No, you don't grow out of vertigo, Chilelli. Okay. You gotta you just have to rub some dirt on it. Um yeah, spit on it. Yeah. <laughs> you you disappeared for a while uh, when we were having our Vado conversation. I don't know if you were. Still yeah, I was. I was not. still listening. I was just muted because I had passengers. Um, but yeah, no, I. Uh, yeah, I got the Vado thing, and uh, yeah, I'm not really Team Marty Brenneman when it comes to Vado. I think the big contract was kind of stupid, but I definitely think he'll def- you know go down as one of the best first baseman so, ever, possibly. My my problem with baseball contracts, and it's not the Votto contract, it's it's every large baseball contract that every baseball player signs. More yeah. than any other sport, baseball contracts are you get paid based on what you've done. And yeah. in every other sport, you get paid based on what they think you might become. Right. Um, and it's it's just so backwards. Baseball can do that because there's no salary cap. And teams like the Yankees can go out and throw a stadium's worth of money at Garrett Cole, even though they weren't bidding against anybody Easy. else. Right. They, it's it's not a Reds problem that Votto got that contract because somebody would have given it to him, whether it was the Reds oh, or somebody else. Just absolutely. It's just like Homer yeah. Bailey. We had that. Oh, don't be surprised if the Yankees give Votto another contract like the one he got when he's done here. <laughs> the I only other throw one at him. Yeah, 10-year, sure. $500 million when he's 42. Sure. The only other exactly. place Jovo's going to play is Toronto. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and speaking of Toronto, what do you guys think about Hinge and Ryu signing with the Blue Jays? I think that's a 
Great signing for them. Great signing. I think I mean, that yeah, I know great, Caleb, great I know for Caleb's them. Not a, not a fan, but great for what? I think it's great for them as a Yankees fan because they just blew eighty million dollars on a dude I that's disagree. more brittle than a saltine cracker. I don't think that's true. I think Engine Ryu will win the Cy Young in Toronto. It's not. Really do. It's not a. It's not a matter of whether you I think take. it's true. It's a proven fact. The dude gets hurt every every other year. He's and a can I Cy Young and can I tell you that he's not going to win the Cy Young anytime soon? You know how many arms there are in the freaking American League in the AL? There's a ton. A lot of good ones. That's yeah. true. But I mean, if he's on and he's on it, if he stays healthy for a whole year, he will win the Cy Young. And I think uh, I think the AL East, you know, it's going to be like it usually is. Like, I feel like Tampa Bay's got a really good team. Uh, Toronto's, you know, no. they got a bunch of young people. But you know, everybody says it's a foregone conclusion that the Yankees win the division. I think that's false. I mean, I don't think it's you know more than likely, but it's like you know what happens to the Yankees. They they have the best team money can buy, and they suck. Chili, so, based yeah. on your gambling history as a Yankees fan, I couldn't be happier that you think that <laughs> the Yankees are not going to walk through the well, division. I, you know, well, I've said that every year. I mean, they might win the division, but they're not going to win the World Series. No way. You know, I mean, like, Garrett Cole is incredible, yeah, but it's like, uh, I don't know, man. Don't know, don't know. But I do think that uh, they're probably going to underestimate because the Red Sox are probably going to be really good again this year too. Oh, so. them, them nope. fighting words, Sean. Nope. Try to keep it they, together. They are. <laughs> they, they aren't going to be good. Uh, are, they weren't. They weren't good last let year. Keep, let them keep bringing that manager back. <laughs> let oh, them God. keep bringing him back. So here's a really cool stat. This can win you a bar bet. Also, uh, do you know that the Baltimore Orioles? Have more recently lost a game than the Baltimore Ravens. Wow! 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 That's it makes sense. Makes sense. I feel um, like that's such a good little nugget right there. I'll go ahead and we're, rule out. We're going we're into Week Seventeen. Yeah. I, wonder what the <laughs> yeah. odds, I wonder what the odds are on the Orioles winning the AL East. It's probably like that's probably really good. That's probably yeah, really yeah. good. Just put it on the World Series at that point. Why stop at the AL East? I want to be the first one to say, Chilelli, if you want to make that bet, I will gladly give you whatever odds you want, and I will take yeah, your I'll, money. I'll, yeah. I will also. $100 to win 10000 It's probably It's realistically cool. probably something Done. like that. Done. Why would you stop at 10000 <laughs> All the way done. My, you can cash out me the 100 bucks. I'll take that. Uh, pay for my return flight home from Vegas. It'll be fine. Um, first okay, class. so who, if, if someone told you you can get whatever odds you want, who chooses a hundred to one odds? Who does that? <laughs> that's, realistic. That's, that's probably what the odds are, though. They're gonna be that's way how worse bad you are at gambling. They're, you gave yourself worse odds than Vegas would. They're gonna be like three, three thousand to one. <laughs> yeah, Wait, are we yeah. talking about the Orioles? Yeah, winning the AL <laughs> East. Yeah, yeah. Not the World uh, Series, the AL East. And you're giving them 100 to 1 odds, huh? Yeah. And I'm telling you what, though. The, the I'm, Blue I'm Jays, the man, you got Vlad Jr., you got Kevin Biggio, you know what I mean? Like, they still got Justin Smoke, right? Like, Justin they're, they're Smoke be hasn't good. been good since he's been in the major leagues. Well, yeah. no, when Justin Their odds to win the... Their odds to go to the World Series are one fifty to one on MGM oh, right now. Hmm. Who the Blue Jays or the Orioles or both? The <laughs> Orioles. 
The Blue Jays are sixty to one. What's their odds yeah. to win the division? The MGM Probably doesn't have that yet. Yeah. I think that Rowdy. I think that Rowdy Tellez is going to have a breakout season this year too. Write that down. I really do. He's incredible. He's uh, I'll, the Blue, I'll write it Blue in my Jays. diary. Chili said okay. something very, very funny. <laughs> yeah, Rowdy Tellez um, is the man. I went. I went to a game last year in Toronto. Um, it was. Blue Jays, Red Sox, of course. I don't like the Red Sox either, but I'm rooting for the Blue Jays. I had Vlad Jr. all I'm rocking, Vlad Jr. And it went to 15 innings, and the Red Sox won. I was so disappointed. But, like, mm-hmm. innings 9 through 14, it was like home run, home run, back and forth. It was, like, one of the best games I've ever seen. Rowdy Tellez hit one into the, you know, hit one off the top of the dome. So, telling you, Blue Jays, man. That's a terrible place, I imagine, to watch a baseball game. The Rogers it's really it's that's, that's it looks like a warehouse. It does. It's one of the best. I love it. I love it there. So I've been to like probably five games there. Love it. So I'm really, it's a, it, uh, why, do you go to, why do you go to Canada so frequently? Well, why not? Um, why not? Yeah, He's not legally allowed to answer that question on air. <laughs> okay. So I'm not to, allowed uh, to answer that question. <laughs> the Reds. I went to three Reds games there a couple years ago when they played. The Reds got swept. The one game they lost <laughs> seventeen to two. I think. <laughs> so. so you're saying it's your fault? Got it. I don't know. Yeah. So you're the no, it's a great place. To watch. It's a great stadium though. I like it. Doesn't compare to Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium's the best, but come on, it's pretty good. Um. So. All right, so we are about three minutes away from the one-hour mark on this podcast, and I feel like an hour is kind of where we want to keep it. So I want to share uh, a story uh, about two Bengals players. Um, we in, in our group chat and on Twitter, I'm, I'm usually – well, more so on Twitter than in our group chat. I'm very, very vocal about my support and my my just fandom for Andy Dalton. Um and I, I will tell you that there's probably not a bigger Andy Dalton fan on the planet. I, I probably shouldn't be as big of an Andy Dalton fan as I am. Um, and perhaps I've let some off-the-field stuff kind of infiltrate and help make up my mind about on the field. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that I've thought for a long time Andy Dalton is uh, an average to slightly above-average NFL quarterback. He's middle of the pack. He's paid like a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. His contract has not hindered uh, the Bengals' abilities to not sign as many other people as they wanted to sign because they don't, they don't believe in that. But uh, two quick stories about Andy to kind of help uh, summarize my fandom. Um, a couple of years ago on New Year's Eve, it was like well, two years' day technically. It was two in the morning. And I was at a New Year's Eve party, and I was in the kind of state that you get into at 2 in the morning on a New, yeah. a New Year's Eve party. And I sent a text to – I meant to send it to my buddy, Andrew. And uh, Andrew and I tailgate together. Sean knows Andrew. Um, instead of texting Andrew, I text Andy Dalton. Uh, I, I know Andy Andy is a client or a former client of ours. Um, so I text Andy Dalton, and all I said in the text was "Happy New Year, Who Day," uh, which is an appropriate thing. Uh, this was New Year's Eve was the that was the day where Dalton put Buffalo back into the playoffs through the pass to Tyler Ooh. Boyd on the fourth down. It was that day. I just sent that. I sent that to the group chat earlier. You did. You did. Yeah, uh, it's like you're yeah. sending that. Turn so signal. I send that text at two in the morning. 
The next day, I look Sorry. at my phone and I go, "Oh shit! I accidentally texted Andy Dalton instead of my buddy Andrew. That's that's terrible." And like it was just corny because I said "Happy New Year, Who Day," so like super embarrassed. Well, I'm standing at work and I'm standing outside my boss's office, and my cell phone rings, and I look down at the screen and it's Andy Dalton calling me, and I'm like freaking out, like girl front row at the In Sync concert '99, freaking out. Ooh. Um. And my boss was like, well, I answer the phone. I said, yeah, of course I'm going to answer the phone. So I tried to be like, all oh, cool. I answer the phone. I'm like, uh, hello. And he goes, hey, Kevin, it's Andy. And I go, hey, Andy, what's up? He goes, Andy Dalton. And I was like dying inside, like screaming. And I said, yeah, Andy, Andy, what's up? And he goes, hey, I got your message. I was asleep last night. I just wanted to say thanks for thinking of us. Happy New Year to you, too. I uh, really appreciate the support. Are you going to be at work on Thursday? And I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to be at work on Thursday. It's really cool. But. Yeah, I'll be at work. And he goes, okay, I'm going to come down and uh, we'll chat with you. I said, all right. So I hang up the phone. Thursday was a day or two later, whatever it was. Andy and JJ and their oldest son uh, come down to the dealership, uh, walk into my office. I thought Andy had some sort of business to conduct. He didn't. He walks into my office. He sits down. And we just sit there and shoot the breeze for like 20 minutes talking about the game, talking about all the donations that are coming rolling in from fans in Buffalo for helping them get to the playoffs by beating Baltimore. And I thought, A, people aren't like that. People in general. People that aren't millionaires and that aren't the quarterback of the hometown football team. But especially not the quarterback of the hometown football team. Nobody behaves like that. And I just thought it was the most personable thing uh, that any of any of our clients have ever done. And the fact that it's Andy Dalton, that moved him like way up the list of favorite athletes of mine. So that He's happened. a good dude, man. He's a good dude. He's a great dude. So that happens. Yeah. And then uh, a few – the next year, I guess, um, or somewhere around then. I, I don't – I don't really remember uh, the timeline of events. Um, I get an email from a colleague that works, that does my same job at a uh, dealership in Connecticut. And, uh, or my general manager gets an email and she wants me to reach out to the person that does my same job. Um, so I reach out to this, this guy and he goes, hey, we have a client who has a son who's terminally ill. Um, and he's lived in Connecticut his whole life. For whatever reason, he is a diehard Cincinnati Bengals fan and a cool. diehard Andy Dalton fan. And do you have any connections with anybody at the Bengals? This kid's dying wish is to be able to like have a phone call or like a FaceTime conversation with Andy Dalton. And I was like, man, what a what a terrible thing and what a really crappy situation to get thrown into because now i feel like i i don't have any control over this i don't know andy well enough to be able to call him for this so i send an email to the andy and jordan dalton foundation kind of explaining the situation uh, i copied parts of the email that i've received um and just sent it off to the foundation i sent it off to the foundation a day later andy dalton texts me and says hey we got your email over at the foundation can you give me a call so I call him, and anyway, we facilitate uh, this, this phone call. So Andy Dalton FaceTimes this kid. Uh, it was his dying wish. Um, well, Andy told me to also reach out uh, to Vontez Perfect, of all people. Um, yeah. 
And he said, you know, stuff like this, Vontez is a good guy to reach out to for, for, for things like this. So I was super apprehensive, and I made a couple of contacts. Uh, Sean and I know a photographer that knows Vontez. Um, so I reached out to the photographer and just kind of bounced the idea off of him. Like, hey, do you think it's like, do you think it's cool if I reach out to him for something like this? I, I certainly don't want to like impose or interject myself into into this situation any more than I already have been. But it was recommended by by a teammate, and uh, our buddy said, yeah, no, reach out to him. You know, he won't have a problem doing this at all. So I reach out to Tez, and I kind of explain the situation to him. And the next day, Vontez Burfick shows up at my dealership with a box. And in the box, he's got game-worn cleats from himself, a game-worn helmet from himself, a game-worn jersey from himself, game-used memorabilia from Gio Bernard and A.J. Green, and, like... All the superstars of the Bengals, they all just took a bunch of stuff and they gave it to Tez to throw in this box to mail to this kid who um, didn't have a lot of time left. So we get this care package sent off and I get a letter back from the family and the kid was just beyond ecstatic. He got the phone call or the FaceTime with Andy. Uh, He received this care package with all this tremendous memorabilia in it. Um, a few weeks, a few weeks later, uh, the kid died, he passed and the only thing that he wanted was he wanted to be buried with his Vontez perfect game worn stuff. Um, so he had on the cleats, he had on the Jersey, the game worn helmet, uh, was buried with the kid. Um, and for that. Those two things and those two people, Andy Dalton and Vontez Burfecht, everybody can have the opinion of those two guys on the field and whether or not they were good, great, terrible, or indifferent. But what those two guys did for this kid that they had never met um, and just without any hesitation, there's not a thing that those two guys can do to where I will – my fandom for them will ever diminish. I'll be fans of theirs no matter where their football careers take them. Um, I just think that's the coolest thing. That's the most human thing anybody has ever done. Um, But for it to be those two guys, um, for just a total stranger, doesn't even live in the area or have access to even come to a game, I just thought that was one of the coolest things that's ever happened. And that just kind of explains why I go to bat so hard for Andy. And uh, while I'll, uh, I will always defend Vontez, even though he made some of the most questionable choices on the field of any football player of all time. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome, though. I mean, I've always heard Andy Dalton's a good guy. I got to meet him at Seven Hills Church one time. Yeah. And uh, I was like, wow. Because, you know, I mean, everybody knows he's a pretty religious guy, but he's actually cool and, like, kind of can relate to the average people too when he's because he actually talks like up at church so like uh you know he'll get up there on on the stage and do prayer and all that kind of stuff and you know he's a really good guy but that's shocking about the Vontez thing though I mean I got to uber Vontez and his kids a while ago probably a couple years ago yeah. super nice guy I mean like one of the nicest people I've ever met and I was surprised I thought he was a 
I thought he was a killer. I mean, he is on the field, you know. Yeah. But he um Vontez Vontez's girlfriend or wife or whatever she is and my wife, they went to the same salon for a short yeah. time. So we used to host this uh, art show down at work where the same photographer that I mentioned before uh, and a couple artists uh, come down and they put their they put their work on display for people to come by. And um, they've both done uh, – the artists have done some paintings for some NFL players and the photographer has done some, uh, some photographs for some local athletes. Um, but Vontez and his, uh, his significant other came down to the store um, my wife immediately saw Vontez's girlfriend and w- walked up to her and struck up a conversation because they knew one another. I don't think that my wife knew that her other half was Vontez Perfect. Um, so my wife was trying to like open a bottle of wine or something like that and really struggled with it. And Vontez came up and then his girl came up and they just started having a conversation. So then I came up like, I want to talk to Vontez Perfect. Um, because I'm a big fan. This was before the whole uh, terminally ill child situation. Uh, but, I mean, he just stood there and held court and is the nicest, like, softest spoken, exact 180-degree opposite of what he is on the football field. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just things like that I think are really cool. I know that Sean and Caleb both have had interactions with a couple other former Bengals, another off-maligned Bengal, Pac-Man Jones. Um, and I know that, uh, that they think really highly of him, uh, in a football regard and a non-football regard, uh, because of some of the interactions that they've had personally. Um, it just, it's just cool that, you know, that athletes are approachable, um, and you do get to see that they're, that they are humans and, you know, there's more to them than, uh, than whatever their, their sport is. Right. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And we're lucky here because uh, a lot of the Reds players are like that, too. They're pretty personable and nice people and do good yeah. stuff for the community and everything. So, yep, yep. You know, it's really sweet. And then A.J. Green as well. Uh, he, I watched A.J. Green do a kid's spelling bee, and it was like, wow. The guy's not the best speller, though. He's not very good at spelling. But uh, he's a really nice guy. So he can, he can juggle his ass off, though, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. He's a very good juggler, not a good speller. So he's a couch, C-O-R, C-H-N. So, Man, you, know. you, you really kind of really kind of took this one down a path that I didn't think it was going to go. <laughs> God bless America. <laughs> All right, well, I think I think with that, we'll put a pin in it, and pin is spelled P-A-R. Then pin. We'll, pick up, we'll pick up next time at the old A.J. Green Can't Read episode. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, <laughs> Next episode will be brought to you by Hooked on Phonics and Chalelia. <laughs> AJ Green's Green spelling hippopotamus. That's what I yes. Perfect. All right, gang. Well, uh, with that, I will uh, I will bid you adieu for the evening. I'll give us a little sign off, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll talk real soon. Uh, All right, one love. What about the uh, super picks? We'll when uh, are those going to be due? Um, before the game starts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, before thank you, Sunday at one. That. Um I'll probably I'll probably make mine tomorrow. We'll we'll yeah, send the same. pictures around the group chat, so we'll have them. Yeah. Do we get to pick the four games? Is that how that works? No, they chose for us and it's five games. Oh. Yeah, it's it's Terrible. five games. Uh we've picked the games. Actually I have a picture of what the games are. Um yeah, send it again. So please hold. We can also just have this conversation on the side. 
we we can't. Let's let's put a pin in this thing. Uh, see the group chat for the games. All right. Good night, everybody. All right. Good night. All right. All right. And with that, that concludes episode three of the Bad Beats and Velcro Clets podcast. Got a little long in the tooth tonight, but there was a, a story that I felt was important to share. Uh, I'd like to thank once again the folks uh, over at Headquarters Basement Bar for their wonderful hospitality, uh, putting up with our shenanigans each and every uh, time we decide to get together and do one of these shows. For the rest of the gang at the Bad Beats and Velcro Klutz podcast, I am Marty from Manitoba. Have a good evening.